Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. You guys, today's episode is amazing. And I know you're sitting there rolling your eyes and you're like, Alana, you say every week, every Tuesday, how excited you are for today's episode. I've had it. You can't be this excited about every episode. I know I'm the girl who cried excited at this point, but I genuinely am so excited about this episode and I hope that you are as excited as I am because today we have Therapy Jeff, Jeff Gunther on the podcast. He has absolutely blown up on TikTok, on Instagram for his content, for his videos about mental health, breaking down topics, breaking down really complex topics in a very digestible and relatable way. He also has the most soothing voice out of anyone I've ever heard. Like, I think I should just start falling asleep to Therapy Jeff on TikTok. Just let it auto scroll. I think that would be really healthy for me. Sorry, that's really creepy, Jeff, if you're listening to this. Um, I haven't actually done that. I might. Who knows? We'll see. If someone wants to try it out, let me know if it works. Uh, I really do feel like his voice kind of just like a little lullaby in your head. But I just really appreciate his expertise, his advice, and his ability to really break down, like I said, these complex topics and make them really easy to understand and and a way that like you want to understand, you want to digest his mental health content, you want to understand it, you want to learn it, you want to live it. And yeah, he's really great. We talk about a lot today. A lot of you guys have actually reached out. And I'll just say that like, oh, a lot of people have been asking me about blah, blah, blah. Like, you guys know, I'm not like that. But I have gotten a lot of messages lately of people expressing that they have a lot of dating anxiety or social anxiety to the point where it's been difficult to even get on the apps or you're on the apps and it's been difficult to get onto a date because of this anxiety that is weighing on you. And so we talk about that. We talk about, what do we talk about? Jeff, what do we talk about? Help me out. I don't have my notes in front of me. Um, I recorded this episode a few weeks ago. I recorded it in Florida. I'm in New York right now. That's kind of crazy. We talk about how there are more ways than ever to meet people right now, but there are also so many ways to be more confused and stressed and having things get lost in translation. We talk about why you need to take it slow when you meet someone new and how to take it slow and why it's important and why we sometimes don't do that and and really jump to get cover all the bases, get into that like hyper excited, loving phase as soon as possible. But like, no, take it easy slow down. It's important. You'll find out why. Um, And one of my favorite topics that we talk about is breaking the cycle of going for people who don't treat us well and going for people who send us those mixed messages. And I know we've talked about why we do that, but how do we stop doing that? We're going to find out. Jeff knows all. He knows a lot. Nobody knows all. Barkley knows all. Woof. Guys, Barkley turned one yesterday. I have a one-year-old puppy child. That is crazy. He's a big boy. He's a little big 15 pound boy. He's, he, he sometimes listens to me. Most of the time he doesn't. We're currently working on training him to not wake up at 630 in the morning every morning. No, it's actually 650. His bio, not biological clock. Oh my God. His like brain clock is crazy. His body clock, body clock. That's the word. Every single morning at 650 on the dot, this little fluff ball jumps off the bed, looks at me and whines. And I'm like, oh my God, Barkley, go back to bed. I actually feel like I'm already a mom who has to wake up and take the kid to school. 
at 6.50 in the morning because, you know, school starts at like 7.50. And that is not where I'm at in my life yet. And I've had it. So now working on getting little boy Barkley to sleep in. And I will update you on that because thus far hasn't worked. I'm a very, very tired girl. Anywho, very excited. Let's get into today's episode. Before we do, don't forget if you guys have anything that you want to come on the podcast and talk about on an unfiltered episode, you can always email the show at seeingotherpeoplepodcast@gmail.com. at If you want to have a one-on-one session with me and talk to me about what's going on in your dating life, in your dating life, you can do that whenever. It's a one-on-one emotional support human session. I'm actually wearing my emotional support human shirt right now, which is probably my favorite shirt ever. Um, that's part of the merch collection. If you don't know, we have merch www.wearenews.com means naked in French, which is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, get an emotional support human shirt for you or the emotional support human in your life. Mother's Day is coming up. It's a great, great gift. Thank your mom for, or the mother figure in your life for being your emotional support human. Um, Yeah, that's your reminder. Mother's Day is coming up. You're welcome. This coming Sunday. You're welcome. And... Yeah, if you also need a dating app profile revamp, I got you covered there too. So links to that in the show notes uh, for the dating app profile revamp for the emotional support human. All the links are always available also on the Instagram at the link in bio. And don't forget, make sure you're following me, seeing other people on Instagram, uh, which is at seeing other people, and then at Alana Dunn on Instagram and TikTok. Let's get in. Let's do it. Therapy, Jeff. We got this. Let's rock. If you are anything like me and you are going on a date, you're probably like nervous, but also excited, but just like really want to have a good time, don't want to screw anything up. And you get like the pre-date jitters. Um, For me, there were two things that I would do to help with those pre-date jitters. I would always call a friend for a little pump up speech. And I would also take a happy gummy from Mindset Wellness CBD before my date. It would help me stay in the right mood, being excited, being present, but it would also take away that layer of nerves that was going to stop me from being my best self on the date. I love the happy gummies. They are incredible. They taste great. They don't make you feel high or anything like that. They just make you feel like the best version of yourself. So try them today. Definitely recommend trying them before a date. Mindsetwellnesscbd.com. Use code seeing other people at checkout. That will get you 20% off and free shipping. Okay, we are here with Therapy Jeff, Jeff Gunther. Jeff, welcome to Seeing Other People. I'm really happy to be here and to talk about dating. One of my favorite things to talk about. Me too. Wow, we have so much in common. We do. (laughs) Well, Jeff, I am a huge fan of your content. I'm a huge fan of how you take really intricate topics and make them really digestible and relatable. And I couldn't be more excited to have you here. I definitely want to hear about how you ended up getting into the field of work that you do. Like what led you to first become a therapist and then also like post these videos on TikTok? Like you're, you're so famous now. It's crazy. (laughs) I know. Does it feel crazy to you? It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, (laughs) And it's like every when I'm like walking down the street in Portland or going to like a food cart or or buying some at a grocery store or something, I get recognized like two or three times a week. (laughs) Wow. How does that feel? I mean, I fucking love it. I wish it happened more, actually. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But it's it's also like really bizarre because there's this sort of like 
what do they call it? That like parasocial sort of relationship that like people already feel like they have with me. Um, mm-hmm. And so they're just like, oh, I know your face or oh, I know that voice. Like even if I have a mask on, they like know yeah. what I sound like when I start to talk. Uh, so it's just like really sweet connection that I have with people and I'm loving it. So um, yeah, if you oh, recognize me so out exciting. there, say hello. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? Same. I, I'm, I'm more of like the two to three times a month speed right now, mm-hmm. as opposed to per week. But it is like, I feel starstruck when somebody recognizes me. Yes. Like I got recognized. Actually, I, I just mentioned I'm in Florida. Like somebody on my plane when we landed, like stood up and turned around was like, this is so weird. But like you're Alana. And I'm like, I am Alana. <laughs> and like, I, I was like, beaming for the rest of the day like it's just the greatest feeling in the world but yes it is yeah and I it comes from like so I grew up in Santa Monica in Los Angeles and I like grew up around like a bunch of celebrities there and whenever I saw somebody I would go up to them and tell them who they are I'd be like you are Mark (laughs) Hoppus from Blink 182 and they'd be like yes I am and they were in like if they're really nice it was so sweet I got to have this like really short conversation with them and then I'd be happy for the rest of the week so I was just like I'm I'm no Mark Hoppus from Blink 182. I mean nobody is. I think you are to me. You are to me. <laughs> okay, you just made my day. <laughs> so That's yeah, what we do so, here. We make days. Exactly. But, okay. So yeah, but why I became a therapist. Yeah, that was your question. Um you know, so I mean I tried my very hardest to not be a therapist. Um I was really like growing up, I was like for sure 100% going to play second base for the Chicago Cubs. I was going to be a major league baseball player. I was sure of it. Um, Uh, Up until what age were you sure of this? Up until I was 16 years old and I got kicked off of my high school team. And no joke, I was fucking amazing. Like, (laughs) I was. What did you do to get kicked off? I, you know, I hope, I hope my. Uh, fucking coach is listening right now, and uh, I cuss a lot. Is that okay? Can we do that on this? Oh, absolutely. Okay. All, all you want. Uh, so in high school, around like fourteen or fifteen, I was going through somewhat of a phase, as we do naturally, trying to figure out like what our identity is, and I decided to like change from this like kind of jockey little baseball kid to somebody who was like a little bit more punk rock. So I'd like bleach my hair and dyed all these different colors, and I painted my nails, and it became this thing where like. My nails would change color every day, and I'd bring a little lunchbox filled with nail polish, and it was sort of an excuse to, like, ask girls if they wanted me to, like, paint their nails so I can, like, get to know them, but... Uh, I love painting my nails. The the problem, though, was that the coach of the baseball team hated that my nails were painted. It was, like, embarrassing for him. There was, like, some real, like, internalized homophobia or something going on. Um, They just, like, didn't like my femme look. And so in the middle of – or at the start of one of the first games in my junior year of high school – Before the game started, he, like, came onto the field and he said, Jeff, you either need to take off that nail polish or leave this field and never come back. And so I left the field and I never came back and I was very upset about it. So Good for you, though. First of all, that would not fly now. That would not fly now, but good for you. Yeah. Wow. Uh, It was, yeah, it was upsetting and and traumatic. 
I mean, if I would have just taken my nail polish off, I'd be making like a hundred million dollars a year. Like that's how good I was. Well, <laughs> but, you got the TikTok creator fund. You're on your way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but now I'm making like 0.002 cents per thousand view yeah. or whatever it is. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. So I was going to be a baseball player. Then I decided that I was going to like go into like 3d animation i was going to make video games and i went to i dropped out of high i failed out of high school that's a whole story too uh i like the correction from drop out to fail (laughs) dropped out of high school uh went to santa barbara city college and it was there that i decided to major in child development because i was like i love kids and i think i want to be a preschool teacher so then i got my undergrad degree in child development and I was a preschool teacher for a year and I was like I don't like this like this isn't as great as I thought it was going to be sort of boring a little redundant uh very cute kids but I wasn't really into it my mom is a therapist so I grew up with a mom therapist and it just sort of like came naturally to me that I like knew how to like empathetically listen to people so I went back to grad school at USC and I became, I got my degree in marriage and family therapy, moved to Portland, started my practice and the rest is history. Wow. I, I mean, I love that story and I, I love how like the changes that you went through and deciding that like, okay, what you thought you wanted to do. Well, one thing went out the window, but then what you thought you wanted to do, like wasn't really for you, but you still figured out how to take like what you were good at and what you were interested in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always so interested in people's like backgrounds just because I never ever in a million years thought I'd be doing this like <laughs> that that's a crazy idea to me but um yeah so how did you end up posting videos on TikTok which guys if you're listening to this and you have not watched Jeff's videos go on TikTok right now to therapy Jeff hit follow and watch every single one of his videos and then come back to this thank you yeah I support that um god it was There's always, I mean, so when you're being a therapist, as you can imagine, you're like talking to a client and you're like hopefully affecting positive change on that person. And sometimes you do. And sometimes over a year or two or three, you can look back on the therapy and be like, yay, look at this growth. This is awesome. And you're affecting people on like a really intimate, vulnerable level. And it's very satisfying. But there's always been a part of me that just like has wanted to affect people on a bigger level, touch more people instead of just like my individual clients that I see 15 times a week or something. Uh, So that's always been in there trying to like kind of like get out. And I think that I'm like, uh, I think that I I do exactly what you're experiencing, which is like I take complicated topics and I can like make them into like very concise, digestible things that people can like understand and maybe help them with. So I'm good at doing that. I think I'm like hilarious. (laughs) Uh, so I think that too <laughs> about you and about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're pretty funny. Yeah, I think and, so. Uh, and then the pandemic hit, and when the pandemic hit, I just sort of like got obsessed with TikTok, and I was watching it way too much. And I was like, I know how to do this. I think I know how to do this. And so I started a TikTok account just to like get likes, just to get attention, and see if I can do the thing that I think I can do. Um, and then my fourth video went viral and I just like got really into it. Now I post like at least a couple times a day and it's a lot of fun. Incredible. Well, congrats to you because you're definitely succeeding at, at making that like widespread positive change. And, and that's awesome to see. 
And, and that's why, and that's how you ended up here. So I'm thrilled about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to get into dating because that is what we talk about here on seeing other people. Um, there were so many things I wanted to talk to you about when kind of planning this episode. And I, I landed on three, the first of which, um, I've had a lot of listeners come to me over the last few months, especially, I think as the world really has gotten back to quote unquote normal and people do feel like, okay, like I did lose all this time and during COVID if I like wasn't dating and now they're like, okay, I feel like I, th- this is something I really should be doing at this point, but I have so much anxiety about it. And that's something that I'm really seeing like now more than ever is people's anxiety is really holding them back from even the beginning stages of dating from, you know, like getting on the apps or starting conversations or because if you start a conversation and it goes well, like then you have to go on a date. And like the thought of that is almost like too, it it just causes too much anxiety for people to do it. So I'm curious what advice you have for people who are in that boat where they feel like their anxiety is like really holding them back from putting themselves out there. Yeah, something, I mean, it's normal for us to feel anxiety, but something like really happened. There was some weird shift with COVID and the pandemic. And I was dating, I got divorced a few months. Uh, I separated from my wife a few months before the pandemic. Uh, And then I sort of like was taking some time off, just like getting situated. And then in the middle of the pandemic, I decided to like go ahead and start dating again. And it was weird out there. Were you dating during the pandemic? I was. I went into the pandemic just having gone on like seven or eight dates with somebody. And Mm. we did kind of like the long distance, like virtual dating thing for a while. And then when it came time to like start seeing each other in person again, he kind of was like, I can't do this. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, So then I, yeah, after, after that whole experience, I started like going on dates with people and then I, and that in itself was confusing because it's like, well, okay, I'm seeing my parents in two weeks. So I only have like mm. three days to go mm-hmm. on dates before I have to quarantine to then mm-hmm. go home for a week to then come back and do have the same three day window. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely like bizarre and tough. Plus, I hadn't really like had conversations in person with people in a very long time. <laughs> Yeah. And there was this funny thing that was happening. I don't know if you experienced this, but it was sort of like this, because of COVID, this like forced exclusivity, like, like sooner than, so if I like kissed somebody, then I can't do that. Like I am, I'm there. They are mine. Like we are not going to like take a chance to get, to give COVID to anybody else. So that was like a really weird thing that we all experienced too. Yeah. At least, well, that's the thing is like, at least you would one person would think that maybe the other person right. wouldn't. And that right. that's like even makes it even more complicated. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I was not going to go on like a date with somebody on a Tuesday and a date with somebody else on a Thursday because mm-hmm. I felt like that was morally wrong, but that was just me. And I would have mm-hmm. loved to think that everyone else was doing that as well. But who was I to assume that? Yeah. And I, so it was like, good. It kind of like, sh- like would, it was shining this light on like, what do we expect? What are we comfortable with? What is who, how many people should we be dating or not dating or having time in between? And it created this like really good questions, but also created a bunch of anxiety and made it so that like a lot of us stayed in and didn't like get a lot of human contact out there. And there was a lot of zoom dates that sometimes didn't turn into real dates. Um, so it's, it's first, it's kind of like, it, I just want to like validate that if you're feeling anxious now, whether it's because of COVID or just like anything else when it comes to dating, that's super normal and it's totally fine. 
And it's tricky because like, I don't want you, I don't want the anxiety to hold you back so much so that like you don't ever break through it. And because sometimes that can create even more anxiety and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and hard to handle it or cope with it. So it's sort of like there's going to be like a certain amount of anxiety and we need to just sort of like tolerate it and continue to date anyways. I mean, not always, but like that's one way to go about it is like accept the fact that you're going to feel a little anxious. You're going to feel a little nervous. And I do every time. Like if I go on a first date, I know that I'm going to feel a little bit anxious. And I also know what I need to do in order to like soothe myself in case I start to feel really anxious. So one of the things that happens to me if I feel anxious on a date, which is almost every first date, is I start to get my body starts to overheat. So I'm going to like get a cold drink with a lot of ice in it and I'm going to take that drink and put it like right in my palm and I'm going to hold it because if I put like a cold drink in my palm, it starts to like cool down the rest of my body. Um, or I'm going to like make sure that I like sit outside because it's a little cooler or inside where there's AC. I'm going to like make sure that there's like the coldest, coolest environment that I can be in. And I'm also going to remind myself that like the anxiety that's coming up, it usually always passes. Like it, it doesn't like last the whole time. It maybe will last one minute or three minutes or 10 minutes at the longest. And I'm going to be okay. Like I'm going to move through this. It's not going to be. Um, it's not going to hijack me so much that I'm just going to like melt in my seat or something. And I think that if you have anxious thoughts, you start to think about like worst case scenarios, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, th I think that's a really good point though, with the worst case scenarios, because in reality, with the exception of like the one in a million, like something traumatic happens on a first date, the worst case scenario is just that either you don't really like the person, don't want to see them again, or they don't really like you and don't want to see you again. And then you're right back where you were before you went on the date. Exactly. So you might have like a awkward, weird, slightly embarrassing experience with somebody that you'll never see ever again. Uh, so that's okay. But also, where is the anxiety coming from? Like ask yourself like, where is it coming from and what is it telling me? What is the narrative that's attached to the anxiety? Because the anxiety might just be like a physical feeling, but it's fueled by some sort of thought um, or a bunch of thoughts or like really scary feelings. Like write those down, see like what they are, think about worst case scenarios, like problem solve about like how you're going to figure things out or talk to your friends about it or talk to a therapist about it. But really try to get in contact with what is the anxiety? What is it telling me? What are these narratives? And can I like come up with different narratives? Can I have more positive narratives? Can I just like be compassionate with myself or find talk to somebody else who's also going to be compassionate? So part of it is like, what is it? What is it saying? Can you tolerate it and come up with like little coping skills for like when you go on your first date or text somebody back? Um and, and know what, like, the worst-case scenario is going to be. Um, and try to do this sort of, like, exposure therapy uh, that, like, you're going to just sign up and create an online profile or you're going to just start to, like, reach out to people or you're going to, like, talk to people on FaceTime. And then you're going to, like, kind of, like, ramp it up. And as you're doing this, you can stop, you can pause, you can take a break, you can do whatever you need to do in order to, like, get to a place where you feel like pretty comfortable. And if you want, I don't know, give me feedback on this because I feel like this is 
I don't know, different opinions on this. If you want, you can tell the person, if you go on a first date with somebody, you can tell them that you're nervous or you're feeling a little anxious. And sometimes that's really relieving because then we're not like so scared about like acting a certain way and we get a response from the other person that's like very soothing. I don't know. Would you do ever, would you ever yeah. do anything like that? No, 100%. I think that's such, first of all, it's really brave to do that. Like it is scary, but I think more often than not, the person's going to respond and be like, I feel the same way. I'm so glad you said that. Mm -hmm. And that'll be like a big breath of fresh air for both of you. And then you have to remember like the person on the other side of, of the phone or on the other side of the table on that date, like they're a person too. They're probably anxious or nervous too. They've probably had bad dating experiences before too. And I feel like one of the things we kind of do that it is not in our favor is we like put these people on a pedestal. It's like, oh my God, like this is the person I'm going on a date with like Brad or Annie and I need to impress them. Like it needs to go well because they seem so great on paper. And like, what happens if it doesn't go well? I lose Brad or Annie forever. And it's like, they're just a person. You didn't mm -hmm. know them a few days ago. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you're going to be okay if it doesn't go well. And I think like in terms of approaching like those conversations or like on the apps on over text and, and getting onto a date, like, yeah, I think saying you're nervous, I think saying you're anxious, I think pretending that you're just texting a friend mm -hmm. is like really, really helpful and mm -hmm. empowers you to feel more like yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And what you were just saying a moment ago, like you're talking about sort of like just doing like what a therapist would call like reality testing, you know, like this isn't that big of a deal. You don't know this, like you don't have to put them on a pedestal. They're probably just as nervous as you are. You're like making this whole thing a lot bigger than it actually is. So if you can like ground yourself, um, remind yourself that we're all just people bumbling through life, trying to like do the best we can, then all of a sudden it's like a little easier, you know? And yeah, and, and just trying to be who you're like your authentic self a lot of times we do this sort of like performative thing, trying to show like the most attractive part of who we are and tell the best stories and blah, oh, yeah. blah, blah. We all have yeah. those first date stories. <laughs> I have, have a first date story. Time yeah. and time and more. Yep. <laughs> the, I have a girlfriend now and I did my first date story on our first date and months into the relationship, she was like, I was thinking about never seeing you again after you told me this story. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you thought it was really funny it was actually a little gross and upsetting <laughs> that's so funny I actually my boyfriend Jake told me a, a bizarre first date story about finding his roommate's cat dead and uh, I don't know why like I, th I thought it was just like such a wild story that now like anytime I introduce him to friends or we go on a double date with like my friend and and their like significant other just to break the ice I'm like Jake tell the cat story <laughs> I think it's so funny I don't know why and and I later did find out that like that was one of his go-to first date stories mm-hmm yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a like a go-to first date story, like I love that for you, pick a good one. Um, but know that like, maybe change it up a little bit or ask for feedback. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's something that can like make us feel like if I told my first date story, I'd be like, oh, I know this script and it's going to ground me and I'm probably going to get some good laughs. Um, and it was helpful. But sometimes it was like, I'd like tune out a little bit and I wouldn't be like really connected to the experience. So sometimes yeah. it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Um, a lot of times it's just sort of like challenging yourself and putting yourself out there and hoping for the best. 
Totally. Well, switching gears a bit, let's say somebody did do that and, and the best came, it worked out well. And, you know, they started seeing somebody. We get really caught up when we start seeing someone, we're so excited. The, like with the thing that we wanted, we finally have like, you know, we're seeing somebody regularly. They're telling us they like us. We're exclusive with them. We're you define the relationship, whatever it is. And I feel like people get really carried away in those beginning stages of dating. And I, I know you have like an insanely viral video of, um, and it was called three things you should not do when right. you like fall head over heels right. in love. Um, I would love to hear what those things are because I think not jumping the gun and like kind of trying to take things slow is so important. And I've always been somebody who would jump the gun and become like dive in head first and be so obsessed right off the bat. Um, and I actually, Jake and I talked about it recently where, I think we were really lucky that because of COVID and because like after, right after our, our second date, like I went away for three weeks, mm. it really slowed things down. And like he worked like during like Monday through Friday or like Tuesday through Sunday or something at night. So like we could only really see each other once a week. And I think mm. that really, really helped me actually be able to like establish a strong foundation and go at a normal pace. But that was in a situation where that was forced. So in general, like how can people slow things down? And, and I guess, why should they be doing that? Well, was that hard for you? It was different. Um, <laughs> it was definitely different. And I think the whole situation with him was different. And I, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast before where like I usually would like come home from a first date and be like, Oh my God, I'm in love with this person. Mm -hmm. And I would be so excited about them. And like a lot of it was the anxiety of like, do they like me? You know, mm -hmm. like I didn't even ever ask myself, do I like them? Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know if they wanted to see me again. But mm -hmm. with Jake, I came home from the first date and I was like, ah, it was really cold. Like he was kind of cute, but it was like 20 degrees out. We just talked about how cold we were the whole time. Like I won't <laughs> die if I don't see him again, but like I would see him again. And, and he was just very upfront with like communication about how like he wanted to see me again. And, and that kind of took the anxiety out of it for me. Whereas mm -hmm. usually that would be really hard to not know if he wanted to or not. Um, mm -hmm. But after all of our dates, he was very upfront about the fact that he wanted to see me again. So because of that, it mm. actually wasn't hard for me because I knew where we stood. I, yeah, and that's a good point is that sometimes we want to see that person a lot because we just want a bunch of reassurance. We want to know oh, yeah. that they really like us. Um, so you can do kind of like what sort of seemingly like kind of like naturally happened with you two where like it was just sort of expressed that like yeah I want to see you again and I'm interested in going on an, another date or I'm busy and this is when we're going to see each other so you can like ask for a bit of reassurance when am I going to see you again what do you want to do what should our plans be and that can kind of like make you feel a little better and not as like urgent but I like um I like to move slow. I like to tell people to move slow because it builds tension and anticipation. And that's so lovely. Like it's kind of yummy. <laughs> like it's just sort of like, there's a lot of like, and it's the same with anxiety. Like what we were talking about before, like you can feel anxiety in a really anxious way, but if you want, you can turn it into, you can try to turn it into excitement. 
And sometimes like if you're not able to see this like new person really soon, um, that can be very upsetting or it can be very exciting and the tension and anticipation can build. And then when you do see each other, it's lovely. And then you like spend a little time, you know, apart so that you can keep on experiencing that. Um, and a lot of times if you do just sort of like rush into a relationship or seeing them all the time, you're avoiding so many other things in your life. You're avoiding friends or family or school or work, your hobbies, your interests, and you kind of like lose yourself in that person. And there's this thing that happens where you, there's like almost like you feel addicted to that person. Well, like now this person is my world. Now your identity is this relationship. And do you really want that? Probably not. That's not like the best thing. You want to have like lots of different like uh, aspects of your life and your identity and your world. But if you're just spending all the time with that one person, all of a sudden your world gets really small and you start to really count on that person. You know what I mean? Totally. And that's where we see people. I mean, people reach out all the time being like, my friend has gotten to a relationship and like, I don't hear from them anymore. I don't see them anymore. Like, I feel like I'm losing my friend. And that's mm -hmm. something that I feel like we always see happen. And, and it's really hard for us. But we never, when we're getting into the relationships ourselves, we don't stop to think like, oh, like, I don't want to be this person who just gets a boyfriend, gets mm -hmm. a girlfriend, gets a partner and disappears off the face of the earth. And I think that's, it's really hard. And yeah, you want to have, like, you still want to maintain who you are, you know, that person fell for you or wanted to be with you because of who you are, because of yes. your passion, because of your hobbies and, and the things that you like to do. And I think it is so important to continue to do those things, especially because what if you guys break up? Mm -hmm. And I've been that person who completely like, I was, I like pushed away, like every friend, everything I like to do because I was so obsessed with somebody and just wanted their world to be my world. And then when it didn't work out and it, in this case like crashed and burned, it was so hard for me because I felt like I had to rebuild my entire life. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it, like thinking long-term like that and, and it, you don't even have to think about like, what if we break up? Although that is something good to think about, but like what happens when like we lose steam and I want to go back to like spending more time with my friends and family and hobbies or whatever, like then I have to rebuild that world again. So it's, it's very jarring for you. It's jarring for everybody around you. And also there's like, this doesn't happen every single time, but there's a higher probability that there's going to be like a crash and burn. Like you're, you're spending so much time with this person and eventually one of you, and it doesn't always happen. It like never happens at the same time, but one of you is going to be like, I need a little bit of space. And if you're told that you, that like, if your partner tells you that you need, that they need space, that's going to feel so horrible. You're going to feel yeah. rejected. You're going to feel neglected. You're going like, and there's also like now a codependency sort of like that's like created that if your partner isn't happy or if your partner isn't wanting you, then all of a sudden you don't have any worth or you don't matter. And it's sometimes it's just in the background or sometimes it's right up front where like things are going to change and it's going to be very upsetting and hard to go through, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, even about just, just thinking about like somebody saying to me, I need space or like, I want mm. like, let's hang out a little bit less. Like that would 
break me. Like that would ruin me. I would not be able to think of anything else. I like other than that, like I would be afraid to ask to hang out because I'm like, well, what if they, uh, they're saying yes, but they don't actually want to because they just want space or like, well, am I like being too much now? Like, am I too much mm. for this person? Like, I feel like it would just lead to so many questions and so much overthinking, especially for those of us who are anxious like myself. Yeah, <laughs> it would. And me too, I'm anxious as well. And so I want you to like, try your very best to take it slow. What do you think slow is? Do you think it's once a week? Do you think it's three times a week? Like, what would you categorize it as? It's definitely not three times a week. <laughs> um, at least not at first. But um, no, I, I think... I think it's going to vary for, for every yeah. person, but I would, I would say in the beginning, like no more than two times a week. I would agree. I'm thinking two times a week too. give them one weekend, like a Friday or a Saturday and mm -hmm. then and maybe one, week one night weekday. Yeah, situation. exactly. Um, yeah. and know that like, if you're somebody who wants to like really dive in head first and get all the feelings and yada, yada, like go really fast. But if you're, you're going to try to take it slow, those five other days per week, um, might feel uncomfortable and you're going to have to sit with the pain of missing them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like that is a thing that you're going to probably have to go through. And so you're going to might need to do like self-soothing skills or might make plans for a bunch of the other nights with your friends or doing other stuff. Um, and I, it, it will pay off. You, you can get through this and you can talk to a therapist about it, be really deliberate, whatever you want, but it might be uncomfortable and that's okay. You don't have to just like go back to that person in order to like soothe your discomfort because then you're creating a pattern where you're maybe counting on them a little too much. Yeah. And, and you know, it'll probably be less uncomfortable to do this than to be told that they want space. Good point. So it's worth pushing through and fighting the good fight there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. Well, yeah, I like, I like that we, I don't, I'm not big on like rules, but I think like guidelines and boundaries are really good. So like, I do actually think that like the no more than two times is a good kind of like line to, to just watch for and not cross. Cause that feels like it feels healthy. It feels exciting yeah. But who it knows? Every, again, everyone's different. But the, the people yeah. are, there are some people that are listening right now that are screaming that like, that's like, like, not enough like, or that's, that's too, too much. much and, or yeah. that's not enough. That's the thing. It's like everyone has, <laughs> yeah, their own thing for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So at, at the very least, try to kind of like challenge yourself at least a little bit. And if it feels like only four times a week is, is moving slow then fine. That's your growth edge. Do your thing. Like go ahead and just push yourself and just don't see them six or seven times a week. Um, baby but it's, steps. It's baby steps. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Switching gears again. Um, mm -hmm. One question that I always have because I've been very guilty of this and I know a lot of people out there are in the same boat is why do we go for people who don't treat us well? Mm. And like, how do we stop doing that and, and treat, don't treat us well in terms of like, truly like don't treat us how we deserve or they send mixed messages or, you know, like we push away the people who do treat us well or are like more direct mm -hmm. and upfront. Um, mm -hmm. so it's like, why do we do that? And how do we stop doing that? <laughs> I mean, you probably stop doing that by like going to see a therapist, but 
sometimes yes yeah it's uh <laughs> it's not accessible or it's it takes a while or i don't know um there could be some like deep stuff going on there and i want you to kind of like check in with yourself about it so the, but this is a really good question that doesn't have like a really simple answer but i'm going to try to give you one anyways um I think something to like sort of put out there at first is that a lot of times we go for like the quote unquote wrong person um, because those relationships are filled with drama. They're like off again, on again. They're like, will this work out or not? There's, there's something like kind of like you can't really count on it. Um, and when you're in a relationship like that, it's actually like a really big turn on. Like you want to be making out with that person. You want to be doing it all the time. Like there's something that's like really sexy, really hot when you're in a relationship that like you don't quite know if it's going to last or even like if you feel like there's something uh, unhealthy about it. Like everyone says, not everyone, but a lot of people say like the sex was amazing with like this really poor fit or match. And, and that's just sort of, and it's, that's because like, that's what our brains do. There's like actual chemicals, neuro, neural pathways that are firing that are making like situations that like you, that are uncertain, really exciting. Like our adrenaline gets pumping. And so there's almost this like addiction almost that like gets created because of it. So we're always going back to that because we're like chasing that feeling or maybe we can change the person or the potential of oh, the fucking potential. Oh like my I God. hear about yeah, right? the potential wanting to change people. Why do we want to <laughs> fix everybody? Why can't we just be with somebody who's already fixed themselves? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and so another part of that is that like you might be trying to fill a void that was created in childhood or in your family dynamics. Like for me, I felt like I wasn't ever, um, uh, I didn't feel heard or emotionally validated in my childhood. And so I would like subconsciously seek out partners, seek out women that also didn't hear me or emotionally validate me. Like I would try to find those people so that I can like get them to hear me, understand me and validate them. And if I can get them to do that, and again, this is happening kind of like subconsciously, but if I can get them to do that, then I'll heal my childhood wound and my mom will love me in the exact way that I want her to love me. So there's some like really tricky stuff going on where like we're like harmed as a childhood emotion emotionally or maybe even physically. And then we're looking for that same type of partner so we can change them and heal a wound from a long time ago. So that's another right. reason why we're attracted to these people that are like not meeting our needs. Uh, and yeah. And it comes up as like, I want to change this person. I think that I can do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I started seeing a new therapist recently and we've been going through my whole relationship history mm. and hearing you talk about this actually like kind of like unlocked something for me where, mm. um, there was a, a situation I was in for almost a year where we were basically in a relationship, but he, couldn't quote unquote, couldn't be in a relationship. So mm. though I, you know, flew halfway across the country to meet his whole family for a week over the holidays, like he wasn't my boyfriend and wouldn't call himself <sighs> my boyfriend. So after we broke up and I was a little broken piece of like shattered glass all over the floor <laughs> and I mm. eventually started dating again, like I ended up meeting somebody who it was so on and off, like we were going on dates, but then he would say he didn't want a girlfriend. So then we would just be friends, but then we would still talk all the time. And I would like, we would start going on dates again. And then we would just be friends. And like, I, mm. I so badly wanted to like 
have this turn out differently. Like mm. I wanted to get him to want to be my boyfriend. The whole time it was like challenge accepted. Like this guy doesn't want a girlfriend. Like, no, he is going to be my boyfriend. I'm going to be his girlfriend. And like that never ended up happening because he didn't want a boyfriend or he didn't want a girlfriend. But mm-hmm. it it was like right after the situation where it was like the thing I so badly wanted but couldn't get. So I guess I like let myself continue to go through it because I wanted that different outcome, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, the, and what happens, whether it's in childhood or through like learning through relationships when we start dating, like that's what we think intimacy or love is. Love is chasing someone. Love is not getting your needs met. Love is only going for unavailable people. Love is getting a broken heart. Like, Love is being treated poorly. Like, that's what we believe. Even though we don't want that, we know what, like, a healthier relationship is. We're just like, well, that's what I'm going to get. This is what I Mm -hmm. deserve, maybe, and this is what I expect. And then you keep on experiencing those relationships, which only reinforces, like, yeah, this is all that's out there for me. I guess is how it's going to go. Yeah, so how do we get out of that? Okay. (laughs) Like, I know, I know this is happened. I did it for years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Went from well, one to the next to the next. <laughs> you know, listener, like, you know, we probably know what a healthy relationship is. You probably know what you deserve. Um, so go ahead. You've probably made that list, but like, make it again, write down all the things on paper, what you want your partner to be and all the needs that you want to be met. Understanding that like, you'll never get a hundred percent of your needs met. Like that's not really possible, but you're, you should like be aiming for a lot of them to be met. Um, and go ahead and look at your old relationships that haven't worked out and be like, okay, I know what I don't want, which makes me more clear about what I do want. And so this is what I want. And then go on dates with those people. Uh, Easier said than done, obviously, to like find that person who might be like a really good healthy match. But like you will probably come across those people. The thing is, is that uh, um, you might not feel super attracted to them. Like there won't be the same type of chemistry at the start because there's a sort of like instant chemistry with these bad matches, which is almost like, is it chemistry or is it a trauma bond? Like what is going on here? Are you trying to like heal some old attachment wound or family wound? And that's what chemistry feels like. That's not actually, that's not real chemistry. Um, chemistry is usually something that builds over time. Attraction can build over time. It can be something that like develops slowly. And that's why we were talking about like, start dating slowly, like give it some time, really like allow it to breathe. Um, And know that like you might not feel that crazy magnetism and that could be a really big green flag. Um, You also might need to just like ask your friends to be the picker for you. Like they get to pick who you get to go on dates on or they take control of your hinge profile or something like, um, and you like let people know that you're looking for a date so you can be set up on a blind date or something because maybe your like picker isn't isn't like working very well at the start so understand that attraction builds understand there doesn't have to be like crazy chemistry there at the start um know that you deserve to find somebody who's a really good healthy match surround yourself with people that are in good healthy relationships so they can be like role models for you and know that like you can be just like them there's nothing like super special about them um yeah so those are (laughs) but really like 
mainly I want to try to get this across that like, it's okay. Like stick with that person who's good on paper for a little while at least and see if that develops into real chemistry. Yeah. I mean, those are all amazing examples and and kind of tools that people can use. And I really like what you said about like kind of making your list and I'm I'm not about like, Oh, well they need to be like this tall and this Mm -hmm. like blonde and this stuff, but like make your list of like your needs, like you said, and like how you want to be treated and, and what you feel like you deserve. And I think having a friend to like hold you accountable to sticking Mm -hmm. to that. So like if you go on a date or if like you're starting to talk to somebody for like a few weeks and you see that they have some similar behaviors to somebody before who didn't treat you well, like that's something that you need to really pay attention to. Like you cannot ignore that. And sometimes we want to ignore that. Sometimes we want to say like, oh, but it's okay because everything else is great about them. Or like you said, like the potential. And so that's where I think like, telling a friend and having a friend kind of, or a therapist kind mm-hmm. of do a deep dive into how these dating experiences are going and how each person is actually treating you. And if those needs of yours are being met and that way, instead of just ignoring things that are possibly red flags for you, you can say like, okay, like this actually isn't a good situation. I'm going to remove myself from it now before I'm even more attached to this person. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, on the, topic of like change because I feel like we get we really kind of get stuck in this place where like well they have potential or if they just like change these few things and it would be like a a good match for me I'm a therapist I've been a therapist for almost 20 years I'm like a professional that helps people change and I'm here to say it's not going to fucking happen. Like you're like, there's most likely it's they're They're not going to change. They're not going to change in the way that you want them to. They probably even, they shouldn't even just like change for you. They should change for themselves. Like to count on somebody actually changing is so, so risky. I have seen amazing changes. I've helped people change, but that usually like it takes years and they like really, really want to do it for themselves. So you're most likely, your partner's most likely not going to change, unfortunately. And if they do, uh, they might change like 15%. So it's not even like they're going to change all that much. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, no, I think the the key thing you said there is that like the people that you've helped change and, and who you saw change over years they wanted to change. Mm-hmm. Like you can't expect somebody to change because you want them to. And like, even if like, I've talked to like um, specifically couples therapists before about this, where if like, if a couple walks into their office, how do they know? Like, do they know right off the bat if there's a, like, if they think it's the relationship can be salvaged or not. And they're like, usually what happens is one person really wants to, and you can tell the other person does not want to be there, does not want to put in the work. And when you see that, like, it's not going to happen. And I think that's so true where like people can only change if they want to change. And also if they're changing for you, they might end up resenting you for that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. If you're somebody who like wants to swoop in and be the savior and solve all their problems, get ready for when they resent you for it. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's a high probability that that's going to happen. Even though it's going to seem like that's like totally working out and that's doing great. It's not. It's a recipe for disaster typically. So go find that person who's like good on paper, is actually like, you know, doesn't need to make all these really big changes. And, And somebody who like 
you know, a reasonable change, I feel like, is like if you meet somebody and you start dating them and they're not giving you the type of support you want, you can be like, oh, I love that you give me support. This is actually, so this type of support works better for me. And they'll be like, oh, cool. Thanks for the feedback. Like they're already a supportive person instead of being like, they're not supportive at all. I hope that eventually they change into one. Like, what the fuck are we thinking here? You know what I mean? Right. You can't get someone who doesn't communicate at all to be the best communicator in the world. You can't get someone who has a really demanding job Mm -hmm. and they can't see you the more than two times a week that you want to see them at first, which maybe you shouldn't be doing anyway, to Mm -hmm. quit their job and spend all (laughs) their time with you. Like there are things that you can ask for because they will help your relationship be stronger and they'll help you feel more comfortable and more confident in the relationship that are reasonable. And then there are definitely things that like, it's, it's okay for something to not work out. It is okay to meet somebody and want to be with them and have it not work out. Like mm-hmm. that's why we date, you know, exactly. To figure out what does and doesn't work and who does and doesn't work with us. Yeah, definitely. And one last thing is that, you know, I used to be very magnetized to relationships that were very dramatic. I'd like date dramatic people and I would become dramatic myself. And that drama was not good. It was unhealthy, but it was very exciting, very sexy, very fun, sometimes really high highs, low lows. Um, And then eventually I decided... I did that, I don't know, for 15 years, like dating that type of dynamic. And then eventually I was like, I can't do this. This is exhausting. I want to find somebody that is like more grounded. And I had to grieve that type of relationship or that type of connection and be like, I'm not going to get that crazy chemistry, amazing uh, spark and that's okay. And I'm going to like leave it behind. And it was really sad that I wasn't going to ever experience that. And it finally, like I got to this other side where I like created like these really healthy, secure, grounded people like that I could like count on. And that felt like I was really in love. And that was actually a lot better than the spark, but I didn't know it. <laughs> and I thought that it was really sad that I was giving that up. So throwing that out there too. Yeah. I mean, and you took a situation that you realized like wasn't good for you and you learned from it and Mm -hmm. it's hard and it takes time, but obviously it was the right thing to do. And and I've felt I've kind of gone through the exact same transformation and it definitely Mm -hmm. is what helped me end up in a really now healthy relationship. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm happy for you. Happy for us. We're so great and and in healthy relationships and we're so funny. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Jeff, before I let you go, um, what is the best piece of dating advice you've ever received? Oh my God. Uh, Best piece of dating advice. I mean, I don't want to say take it slow because we've been talking about taking it slow, but uh, you know, but whatever. Uh, I, I What I'll say is like, try to be, and this is what I, I do. Like I do take it slow, but more, even more than that, it's like when you go on your first dates and you start meeting people, like just have as much fun as you possibly can, which kind of like sinks into like the be authentic, just be yourself. But like, these are such funny, weird situations of like going on first dates. It's so awkward. It can be like really uncomfortable. It's really silly, this whole thing that's happening. And if you can like enter into it with like levity, 
uh, and a sense of humor and like just mess around on the date in like in a really like playful way, uh, then that's like really relaxed me. And that like helps me kind of like continue to take it slow if I can just like engage in like that playful sort of energy instead of like the urgent, like, do they like me? How am I coming off? Like what's going on? Like really step into it. Yeah, that is incredible advice. And that's actually something that nobody has answered yet. So I love that you mentioned that. I think that's such a great way to approach dating and, and also ties it back to what we were talking about in the beginning with like mm. how to kind of make it a less anxious process and, mm -hmm. and more just about like you're going to meet someone and see how it goes. Like maybe mm -hmm. you'll have a good time. Maybe you'll see them again. Maybe you won't. Um, mm -hmm. So I love that. Well, thank yeah. you so much for being here. This has been so great. Um, where can everybody find you? I know we talked about it, but let's tell them again. Yeah. So you can find me at therapy Jeff on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. I'm also on another podcast, typically on this podcast called the swoon podcast with, I'm with like a couple of my best friends. We talk about dating and relationship and sex advice and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, but just look up therapy Jeff. You'll find me somewhere. Amazing. And don't forget, if you see Jeff on the street, say hi, say you're Jeff. And he'll be like, I am. I and am. then everybody will be happy for the rest of the day. Exactly. Yeah, please do that. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you, everyone who tuned in. Don't forget to send this episode to a friend, give a five star rating and review. And if you loved it, share it on your story. Let everybody know you're listening because then they will listen to and we'll all smile and be happy because we're so funny. All right. I will talk to you guys next time.